Hey everybody, what is going on? This is your man L Jamal coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got the facts. Today, uh, we are going to get in depth on some college basketball. Uh, we had the regular season finales over the course of the past week and the weekend. So we're going to get down with that. We're also going to go over, well, first things first, we're going to go over the top, going to go over the top 25. And then we're going to get over, go over all the conference action and all the conference tournament action. Uh, that led to the last of the top 25 and then we're going to break down uh there was a there was a uh, project that i wanted to that was brainstorming actually before i recorded so i'm going to get into a little bit of that here for college basketball of course we are uh we are in march uh which means we, it's time to determine a national champion we have the ncaa tournament coming up so uh, i'm going to get into what i have planned for that uh coming up as well as what i have planned for the rest of the week i'm still a little bit behind uh last night i wanted to record uh i just so happened uh yeah I, I forgot that my schedule had changed a little bit i was there for uh, extra half an hour but all that uh, in terms of my energy it does a lot in terms of my energy uh because a lot of times i'm up the night before really late working on notes and researching and just up in general i'm a night out person so uh that extra hour uh hour and a half you know on a shift and it doesn't make me you know mad or nothing but again uh when i when it comes when it comes down to me being home in my own time I'm tired, so uh, I don't record <laughs> um, when I'm super tired. That's just kind of how I do. I, I like to be clear and fresh as I am now. I don't have a problem with getting notes because whatever reason in reading because it doesn't involve that much energy uh but recording and I, I like to sound sharp i don't sound like i don't want to sound like i'm falling asleep or i just had a long day or anything like that so uh if if i'm really not if i'm really tired you know um and you know that's why i like you know to have you know with that extra time usually i would you know finish off my notes and record uh i don't really like to just you know bombard myself with too much in one in one setting especially just coming off more but anyways here i am uh let's go to the top 25 in college basketball of course the final weekend the final week and weekend of the regular season is wrapped up so we're going to go over the top 25 real quick uh let's start with number 25 where we have iowa uh they're coming in at number uh at, at number 25 like i said at 20 and 11 uh looking to solidify uh hopeful Hopefully, uh, at this point, they should be in the in the tournament uh, in the tournament persuasion. The only question is, uh, where is their seating going to be? This is pretty much the, the the key here with all the top twenty five teams. They pretty much punched the ticket at this point. Uh, the question now is, where are they going to be seated at? At number twenty four, we have Butler at twenty two and nine. At number twenty three, West Virginia makes another appearance uh, just in time. Uh, in the last week of the season, they are here at 21 and 10. Uh, they are having they had two wins in a row to end the season, including a 76 to 64 win at home versus number five Baylor. Uh, the season finale, freshman forward Oscar Tashibi, Tashibwe, excuse me, was the second team is now the second team all Big 12, averaging 11.2 points a game and also 9.3 rebounds, which led West Virginia. He also joined the uh, all the Big 12 all newcomer team as well as the all freshman team as well so a uh, very all-star well some good all-stars uh coming out of west virginia despite the record i thought they would be a bubble team uh but with the way that they've they've improved over the last couple of weeks including last week in particular with the win against that top five baylor uh they will actually be looking uh at a number seven seed coming into the tournament oh they also got guard miles bride who joined the all freshman team as well uh, averaging 9.5 points per game which is third on the team he also had 56 total assists and sophomore Derek Culver I believe he's another guard as well he got an all-conference honorable mention with 10.4 points a game and 8.6 rebounds let's move on to number 22 we have Houston at 23 and 8 at number 21 we have Illinois uh, they finished their last game uh, with a W 78 to 76 versus number 25 Iowa uh, now in that game guard Ayo Dosunu would have 20 uh, sorry 17 points the leading scorer on that team with any also had eight rebounds and seven assists uh center kofi cockburn would have 12 points and eight rebounds and guard andres felice would have 11 points and two assists 
uh, the Fighting Illini, which is what they are called, uh, they uh, actually controlled the offensive boards 12 to 7. They also had 20 assists, so they, they passed pretty well as well. And they also forced six steals. Illinois will finish this season fourth in the Big in the Big Ten. They also have a tournament. Um, course the tournament ticket punched as well uh let's move on to number 20 uh they we have auburn here at 25 and 6 at number 19 we have ohio state they stand at 21 and 10 uh at number 18 we have wisconsin at 21 and 10 as well at number 17 we have Virginia, who was 23 and 7. The last game was a, a win, 57 to 54 versus number 15, Louisville. Uh, they are riding an eight game winning streak and they are facing a bye in the first round of the conference tourney. Uh, this team is going to be looking in there, looking to be you know, a defensive powerhouse. Uh, they don't score a whole lot of points a game, as you can see here. Uh, last time when they lost to Louisville, I believe they gave up about 80 points. So they cannot, uh, you know, they cannot keep up with somebody who's uh, who's very hot in scoring. Uh, if you can score from three, you know, they might be part Well, I'm not even going to say that they're weak to that. It's, it's just, you know, Louisville just happened to be hot that night and he just couldn't keep up. But for the majority of the season, uh, Virginia really locks teams down. They play a really heavy pressure defense, similar uh, to West Virginia. They like to cause a lot of turnovers. Uh, if you look at some of their stats, they have a lot of blocks in some of those games as well. Uh, so I, I think defensively, uh, this is a good team that can lock teams down. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, the lack of offense might might expose them deeper into the playoffs. Uh, let's move on to number 16, where we have Seton Hall. They are 21 and nine. Uh, we have number 15, Louisville. Uh, they are 24 and seven. At number 14, we have BYU. They are 24 and seven as well. At number 13, we have Oregon, who is 24 and seven. At number 12, we have Maryland, who is 24 and seven as well. At number 11, we have Villanova at 24 and seven. And bringing up the top 10, we have Duke here at 25 and 6. At number 9, we have Michigan State at 22 and 9. At number 8, we have Kentucky at 25 and 6. Here at number 7, we have Creighton, a very interesting team. Uh, I, I, I'm leaning towards a dark horse team. I know that they're in the top 10, but I don't think people are looking at them like the way that they are Baylor or maybe even Florida State, of course, Dayton. Um, those guys, uh, well, maybe even Gonzaga. I think Dayton gets a little overlooked as well, but I'll get back to them. Uh, this is currently their highest ranking ever uh, in their school history. This is for Creighton, and uh, their win against number eight Seton Hall uh, last week helped them uh, help them clinch at least a part of the Big East title for the first time. Their next game is going to be Thursday in the Big East tournament, so look out for that. Uh, they are currently, I believe, I don't think they're a number one seed, but I believe they're one of those two seeds uh, going into the tournament. We will know by Sunday, uh, but I will be getting you guys ready throughout the week by that, by just giving you guys some projected seedings, uh, just some more extra stats about these teams as well. So we'll we'll know come Sunday. At number six, we have San Diego State, who stands at 30-2. and two. At number five, we have Baylor, who is 26-4. At number four, we have Florida State at 26 and 5. And here at number 3, we have Dayton, who is 29 and 2. They are riding a 20-game winning streak. Uh, but I still believe that, uh, that they're kind of getting overlooked. You don't hear too much about them on the national media. They try to uh, talk about the number two, that being Gonzaga. It's also at 29 and 2. And also let's talk a little bit about Kansas as well. You hear a lot about Kansas as well. Uh six sixteen straight wins for, for uh Kansas. And I think a lot of that for Dayton is because they play in a smaller conference. I believe that's the Atlantic ten. Uh we'll talk a little bit about that in a little while. Uh you know, and uh but with that being said, they they pretty much have handled every team in that conference. Uh, they pretty much win by large margins. So it is fair to say that uh, that they are on another level compared to those teams. Now, how good are they compared to the field of 64? We will find out. But I'm pretty sure uh, they. This is the type of team that can make at least a, a sweet 16 run. I don't. I don't. I don't see why not. I think they're perfectly capable of doing something like that. Uh, but now that we've wrapped up the top 10, uh, let's take a minute uh, to. Break down some of the top 25 action over the course of the week. Let's uh, let's talk about how we got here. Now, we're going to mention some of the biggest movers and shakers over the course of the week. Uh, number one and two, uh, they had two relatively, they had 
easy wins to close out uh, the rest of the season. So not much to report there, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about teams like Michigan State. Uh, for Michigan State, for example, they were able to get two top twenty-five uh, victories last week uh, to solidify at least their uh, uh, their well them winning uh, the Big Ten regular season title. I believe they get a, fir a first round bye in the conference tournament as well. Uh, again, uh, they got wins over Penn State and also Ohio State at home. Uh, they were able to close out. You also got again, like I said, with Creighton, they were able to beat uh, number eight Seton Hall. Uh, as far as BYU goes, uh, they were able to do just enough to close out their regular season as well. Oregon, uh, they actually were able to get two wins against the California teams, that being Stanford and uh, Cal at home, uh, and they were able to clinch out uh, the Pac-12. You got uh, Peyton Pritchard scoring 29 points in that game, as well as, I believe, getting nine rebounds. So, again, their third straight Pac-12 title. Uh, as far uh, as the, the conference titles are concerned, uh, again, you have – you got um, – well, we'll go through all the we're gonna go through all the major all the conferences in college basketball. So let's take a just quick one down here. In the American East, you got Vermont who finished fourteen and two in conference play. In the Atlantic Sun, you got North Florida here who finished thirteen and three. Uh, you also got Houston winning the American Athletic Conference at thirteen and five. You got in the you got Kansas winning the Big Twelve with seventeen one. You got in the you got the Horizon League champs here right. State they are 15 and 3 uh, we have in the Atlantic 10 of course Dayton going undefeated in conference play 18 and 0 up next in the Big East of course we have a tie with Seton Hall and Creighton Creighton got that big W so they are able to tie and again like I said before that is their first uh, Big East title since joining the conference in the Ivy League I believe we had a uh, Yale uh, with a conference record of 11 and 3 in the ACC, the Atlantic Coastal Conference. We have Florida State at 16 and 4. That is their first conference title as well in the Big Sky, a smaller conference here. Eastern Washington was able to win out with a 16 and 4 red record. Uh, uh, the in the Metro Atlantic, another uh, smaller conference here. Siena, uh, 15 and 5 record there. They win that comp regular season title. In the Big South, we have Radford. Uh, they finish at 15-3. In the Colonial League, uh, this is, a, again, some, uh, again, there's a lot more uh, divisions or conferences in college basketball as, a, as opposed to football. Again, there's 64 teams that end up going to this tournament, so that's just the way it is. In the Colonial League, we have Hofstra with a 14-4 record. In the Mid-Eastern uh, Conference, we have NC, elsewhere, oh, NC or North Carolina Central here at 13 and 3. Uh, we have in the Missouri Valley, Northern Iowa. They finished with a 14 and 4 conference record. In the Northeast, we have Merrimack. I don't know where that is. 14 and 4 in their conference. In the Mountain West, we have San Diego State. They finished with a conference record of 17 and 1. In the Ohio Valley, Belmont finish as, finishes as champ. 15-3 in the conference in the Patriot League. Uh, this is where you have Army, Navy, uh, the, those two those two service academies. Uh, some smaller uh, teams around the New York, I believe, area as well, the Northeastern area. Again, 14-4 uh, is their conference record. In the SEC, we got Kentucky finishing at 15-3, another conference title for John Calipari. In the Southern uh, Conference, we have East Tennessee State, Coming out at coming out on top with a 16 and 2 record, uh, we have in the Southland East Tennessee State finishing 16 and 2 in the conference in the SWAC, uh, a conference of course historically known for the black colleges. Prairie A uh, Prairie View A and M finishes with a 14 and 4 conference record in the Summit League. North Dakota State wins that with a 13 and 3 record. Also in the Sun Belt, we have this Little Rock winning with a 15 and 5 record. In the West Coast Conference, of course, Gonzaga finishes on top with a 15 and 1 record. And then you have uh, in the Western Athletic, aka the WAC, uh, New Mexico State finishes undefeated. Now that's surprising. 16 and 0 in conference play. I'm pretty sure they have a ticket to be punched in the NCAA tournament as well. Uh, now, as far as the conference champ, uh, as far as the conference tournaments are concerned, these are just so much a formality. Uh, the, the regular season pretty much decides who the conference champion is. All the people that I just named out, 
they are pretty much they are no they are the conference champion and they go into the conference tournament as the one seed. A lot of cases, uh, they do get um some type of buy. Uh, but really, all this is uh, all the conference tournament is is just a more college basketball game. I'm saying more revenue, uh, because a lot of the bigger conferences, of course, they're gonna have their uh tournaments on the big you know in the big stadiums basketball stadiums they're also going to be on tv so again and also for teams to pretty much you know solidify uh you know bracket spots and then maybe uh push for one if they are currently a bubble team again we'll get to all the bubble teams and what that means a little bit later on we actually you know start talking about the actual tournament and the format a little bit uh but let's talk about some of these uh conference uh tournaments again i'm not going to go through all of them there's you know they're so deep and so uh you know there's a lot of teams in these conference but let's break down uh, at least some of them uh some of these games here uh yesterday uh in the conference final for the atlantic sun uh you got liberty taking out uh, Lipscomb, uh, 73 to 57 was the final score. Liberty, Liberty came into that as the first seed, of course, uh, winning the conference. Uh, Lipscomb was the third seed. Uh, they were able to take them out. We had some semifinals for the Southern Conference uh, with East Tennessee taking out West Carolina, 97 to 75. East Carolina is the, is the favorite at the first seed. Uh, we also have West Carolina at the fifth seed there. Uh, six seed Chattanooga was also able to, was also, uh, I'm sorry, six seed Chattanooga took a loss to number seven, the number seven seed Wofford, 72 to seven. Uh, not a whole lot of major conferences starting their uh, tournaments this week. Uh, you more so outside of the Big East, who's technically a big uh Actually, no, they haven't even started their conference tournament just yet. I think the only uh, team in the top 25 to start their conference tournament uh, play was, uh, sorry, was San Diego State in the Mountain West. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, as And as far as San Diego State is concerned, uh, they would get off to a, a pretty decent start in the conference tournament. Uh, they were able to take out uh, Air Force 73 to 60 in the first round now with the ninth seed air force on top of that 73 to 60 of course san diego state uh winning the regular uh, regular season uh conference championship they would go in there as the one seed uh they would win that game pretty easily uh for san diego state guard jordan shakel would lead all lead uh lead the aztecs with 17 points uh, four rebounds. Guard Malachi Flynn and forward Yanni Wetzel would have 16 points each. Uh, Flynn would have eight assists and seven rebounds, and Wetzel would have three rebounds added to that. For Air Force, A.J. Walker will lead all scores with 18 points, three assists. He would also have three rebounds as well. And guard Caleb uh, Morris would have 12 points and uh, four rebounds. Uh, but they would lose in the conference tournament final uh, against the two-seed Utah State, who pretty much uh, elevated their tournament uh their tournament position uh with that victory uh they were able to win like i said in the final round uh 59 to uh, 59 to 56 utah state now stands uh will finish the season at 26 and 8 for utah uh utah state they were led by guard sam merrill he would have 27 points he led all scores there uh he would have six assists as well and center nehemiah's uh I think it's Quaida would have 15 points, uh, eight rebounds, and two assists. For San Diego State, again, guard Malachi Flynn was, was a big factor in this one uh, for them with 16 points, three assists, and two, uh, sorry, three rebounds and two assists. And for Yanni Wetzel would just have 12 points, but he would have 13 rebounds as well. Uh, now, San Diego would have a very difficult night shooting. They would go 21 to 20, uh, 21 for 21 to 61. For just 34% from the field, uh, they were also outscored 38 to 27. So that led to that uh, being outscored 38 to 27 in the second half. The first half was relatively close, but I actually believe uh, Utah State controlled the lead even then as well. Utah State would have the edge in rebounds, assists, uh, but did turn the ball over 16 times, which I believe made the game close in some way. Also, one thing you have to say is if San Diego State had a really hotter, if they had a more, you know, consistent night shooting, that might be a factor in them winning as well. But you do have a top 25 team going down, of course, in a conference tournament. Uh, there's more to come because they have the, the major conferences are going to be starting this week. Uh, this week, you had a lot of the smaller conferences like the Summit Conference. I think they wrap, they're going to wrap up at some point next week, uh, actually this week. Uh, 
you also had, like I said, the, the big south, uh, the big south as well. Uh, you had the Missouri Valley uh, teams like Drake and Northern Iowa. They went at it. Actually, Drake was actually able to get an upset over Northern Iowa. I believe this was the first round of the tournament on Friday. Uh, this is the Missouri Missouri Valley Conference tournament uh, for Drake. They were led by Roman Penn in that game. He would have twenty six points. Eight assists and eight rebounds. Uh, also, Northern Illinois, uh, sorry, Northern Iowa was led by uh, guard AJ Green. He would have 19 points and three assists. So again, a lot of the smaller conferences uh, getting getting some action here. Uh, but again, uh, the bigger conferences start this week. Again, let's go over some more of the top 25 scores to kind of get you guys in the in the state of mind of what's going on. Uh, again, you got Oregon beating Cal last week. Uh, that was an easy win for them, 90 to 56. Again. Uh, those wins, those two wins against Cal and Stanford uh, pretty much wrapped up uh, the, the Pac-12 for them. I believe Colorado, actually UCLA, took an extra loss over the course of the week as well, clearing the way for them. Uh, Michigan, uh, they didn't, well, actually, they did not make the final cut for the top 25, so sorry about that, guys. Uh, number 21, uh, Houston, they took an upset over the course of the week. They were, they would lose to uh, their conference rival, Connecticut. Uh, again, that would drop them, to, I believe it was to number... Um, Mm, let's see. Number 22 is only a spot there. So uh, they're still in the mix there at number 22. Uh, what else you got? Um, yeah, you had a whole bunch of stuff going on this hell past week with all the kind. Oh, yeah. Uh, like I said, Penn's, uh, Michigan State got that big win against Penn State earlier in the week, 79 to uh, 71. Xavier Tillman, the leading scorer in that game with 23 points and 15 rebounds. Uh, for Penn State, they were led by guard Myrion Jones. Uh, for Michigan State in this game, they will shoot 53% from the field compared to uh, Penn State's just 30, 38% or 33%. So uh, it looks like Michigan State is getting hot. Uh, they've played some good defense over the, the past couple of weeks, but that offense is starting to come in. Uh, of course, Cassius Winston was in the mix. Don't get me wrong. He's still in the mix. One of the best point guards they probably had in a long time. I'm not going to say ever because, of course, Magic Johnson went there, but well, what he can do with dishing out the ball, uh, he had seven rebounds in this game. Oh, actually, seven assists in that game. Uh, actually, he also got the other guard, Rocket Watts. He had 18 points, four rebounds. I think Michigan State is a very hot team going into the tournament. Look out for them. Let's see what happens in the conference tournament, but in the NCAA, in the big-time tournament, mm, they can uh, they can get hot. They out they out rebounded uh, the Bitney Lions as well, forty-three to thirty-five. Uh, and was, like I said, in this game, it was a tale of two halves uh, for Michigan State. Uh, they were outscored thirty-one and forty-six in the first half, but they were able to roar back in the second half, uh, outscoring uh, Penn State forty-eight to twenty-five. So again, when when they want to get hot, they will get hot. I like I like Michigan State. I I, I haven't said it a whole lot. I mean, I did, of course, y'all know my favorite team is Oregon, but um, if I'm looking at a, a complete team right now, I like Michigan State. They can rebound. They can shoot somewhat from range, and they're consistent at what they do. They're consistent, most importantly, shooting. Anyways, uh, they don't necessarily, you know, take as many threes as probably Baylor, maybe. Uh, now, Baylor, they live and die on the three. I've seen games where they lost, uh, where they've where they, games where they've been close to losing, such as with Texas Tech, where they just weren't able to drop that three whenever they wanted to. It wasn't automatic. There'd be stretches where they would go cold. Michigan State, they don't shoot the three as much, but they don't necessarily go cold as much either. I like Michigan State, what they can do. They also out-rebound people as well. They're very physical. Uh, I think another good team that's physical and uh, can shoot pretty well is Kansas. Uh, they got the big boy, Azubuki, who will just body people uh, in the paint. You can get that. They can. They have more. I think they have a little bit more range than Michigan, Michigan State. So Kansas and uh, Michigan State are my two favorites that I like right now. Uh, but don't look out for Dayton. Don't don't uh, don't sleep on Dayton and, and Creighton as well. I think two dark horses. Oregon. I think Oregon is a sleeper. They are not. They're not consistent enough on the road as I would want them to be. They finished the regular season undefeated at home, which is all great because uh, for the conference tournament, they have one shot to pretty much you know get some good momentum going because. You know, that's pretty big. With the number one seed, uh, they're pretty much going to be at home. Uh, so, well, actually, no. They're not even going to be at home at this point. It's neutral. So, again, it'll be important for them to to, to get some good juju going, uh, them being the first seed. they got to get some momentum 
away from home. You know, got to get the juices flowing because, again, I think that's their biggest Achilles heel. Uh, some of their biggest losses were on the road, uh, losses that we should have actually won. That's just how we are. I don't get it. We got to be better on the road because that's what the playoffs are. So, you know, I like Oregon. Uh, there's a couple teams from the Pac-12 that I believe that are going to be in the tournament. I think that being Colorado and UCLA, all of them, same thing. They don't win on the road. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, the Pac-12 eats each other a lot. You can, you can, you know, be facing an unranked USC team, but if you're on the road, it's a trap game. You know, UCLA, they got into the tournament and they got even, they, they even got into the conference discussion, a discussion about who's going to win the championship, the conference championship based on just them just kind of catching teams you know, not on their, their best behavior. Uh, so again, that's kind of what the Pac-12 has been. I, I'm, I like Oregon. There's they, I mean, I, cause of course they're my team. I'm going to say that they're a sleeper right now, just from what I, just from what I see. I think another sleeper is definitely Virginia and also, uh, Florida state two under the radar teams that people aren't talking about for, for, for Florida state it's, it's mostly because they are under the radar. I think they bring a lot of good things to the table. They, they, they actually score a pretty decent amount of points a game. I think they're close to 80. They have a good offensive rating. They're also uh, balanced as well. They have a pretty decent defensive, uh, some de defensive stats as well. Uh, so again, they might not be, you know, in terms of three, because that's where the game is going, even on the college level. They're probably not your biggest three-point threat, but they're consistent in what their field goal average is. So they're going to score points regardless. For Virginia, uh, they play awesome defense, no matter what. Same thing with West, West Virginia. They can also kind of be a sleeper as well. They play awesome pressure defense. They, they might not be able to keep up with the best scoring teams in the league. Maybe. I mean, if they're if it came down to if, if that team were to get hot, but there's no way to say that Virginia wouldn't be able to clamp down on that team and wouldn't be able to allow them to score. So, again, uh, I'm going to call us a wrap for today. We went through the top 25. We went through some of the conference championship games. We went through the top. Uh, well, we went through the, uh, the conference championships or uh, well, the conference champions. So I'm. Um, well, at least for the regular season. So again, and that, and pretty much that's the one that counts. So we went through all the conference championships. Don't worry about at least the conference champions. Don't worry about the tournaments. Don't worry about all that. Who I who I told you all the teams that I mentioned today. Those are your conference champions for this year. The tournament, like I said, is more of a formality, more of a way to solidify people's places in the tournament and a way for some teams, if they're a bubble team, to actually get in the tournament, the NCAA tournament, that is. So don't worry about the conference tournaments. Again, they're exciting. Again, they do add another layer. But again, the regular, the regular season champion is your conference champion. But we got through that. Uh, as far as what I wanted to do with college basketball, of course, with the tournament coming up, I wanted to talk about some projected seating. So we're going to talk about who who the experts are putting where, why. Again, we're going to bring up some more stats. So now we're focusing on the tournament. The regular season is over. Uh, there is, of course, we're going to go over some of the uh, tournament games for for reasons because again it does it does have a factor in you know people some people getting their punches you know their tickets punched or not and you know the placement of others so again it's important but just know the the, the regular season conference championship has already been determined okay the conference champion is already determined uh but like i said uh let's go through some more stats let's talk about who's who's who again in terms of the tournament field because again there's 64 teams so during the course of the week i plan of course along with the top tens don't forget i have a top 10 for you guys we have all that we have news to go for you guys of course we have the nba to talk about um speaking of which one quick story i want to go through I'll save it. I'll save it for another time. I'm. Uh, <laughs> um, this is my day off. I'm gonna get some rest and some more studying and and some chilling and some research. So I'll say that story for uh, for uh, another day. Uh, but uh, anyways, as far as college basketball is concerned, again we'll be breaking down the tournament. You know, I'm not gonna give you guys too many predictions. I my goal is to give you guys enough information for you to feel comfortable with doing that on your own. I'm not a psychic. I'm not Miss Cleo. I don't look into the future. 
don't look for me to just guess all the one. I'm not guessing no one. I'm not breaking down the bracket. I'm just going to tell you who's who, why they're here, how they got here, and, you know, how how far, do, I mean, I'll, I'll guess. I'll take a guess, but I ain't predicting. I'm not predicting who's going to win the whole. That's, that's too much <laughs> for me. I don't do none of that. But, um, yeah, we're going to call it a wrap for today. If you are looking to get in touch with me, you can on my uh, email at ljbutler75 at gmail.com. That is E-L-J-B-U-T-L-E-R 75 at gmail.com. I also have a Facebook page and an Instagram as well at Johnny. That is E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. Once again, that is E-L-J-A-N-I. A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. Um, if you are, oh, I also have a Facebook page for the show as well, uh, at Never Out of Bounds. So I have some links there, uh, some content there. Uh, I do have links. I have links to my Cash App and my PayPal there. If you are looking to donate, more so, it's a form for you to connect with me. Uh, more so looking for interactions. I mean, the donations are, are cool too, but... I think I'd rather have some uh, interactions as well. They're just as important. Uh, anyways, uh, thanks for uh, listening to me. Uh, if anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love. And I will holla at you guys later. Hey, everybody. What is going on? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got the facts. Today, uh, we are going to get in-depth on some college basketball. Uh, we had the regular season finales over the course of the past week and the weekend. So we're going to get down with that. We're also going to go over, well, first things first, we're going to go over the top Going to go over the top 25. And then we're going to get over go over all the conference action and all the conference tournament action. Action, uh, that led to the last of the top 25 and then we're going to break down uh there was a there was a uh, project that i wanted to that was brainstorming actually before i recorded so i'm going to get into a little bit of that here for college basketball of course we are uh we are in march uh which means we, it's time to determine a national champion we have the ncaa tournament coming up so uh, i'm going to get into what i have planned for that uh coming up as well as what i have planned for the rest of the week i'm still a little bit behind uh last night i wanted to record uh i just so happened uh yeah I, I forgot that my schedule had changed a little bit i was there for an uh, extra half an hour but all that uh, in terms of my energy it does a lot in terms of my energy uh because a lot of times i'm up the night before really late working on notes and researching and just up in general i'm a night out person so uh that extra hour uh hour and a half you know on a shift and it doesn't make me you know mad or nothing but again uh when i when it comes when it comes down to me being home in my own time I'm tired, so uh, I don't record <laughs> um, when I'm super tired. That's just kind of how I do. I, I like to be clear and fresh as I am now. I don't have a problem with getting notes because whatever reason in reading because it doesn't involve that much energy uh but recording and I, I like to sound sharp i don't sound like i don't want to sound like i'm falling asleep or i just had a long day or anything like that so uh if if i'm really not if i'm really tired you know um and you know that's why i like you know to have you know with that extra time usually i would you know finish off my notes and record uh i don't really like to just you know bombard myself with too much in one in one sitting especially just coming home from work but anyways here i am uh let's go to the top 25 in college basketball of course the final weekend the final week and weekend of the regular season is wrapped up so we're going to go over the top 25 real quick uh let's start with number 25 where we have iowa uh they're coming in at number uh at, at number 25 like i said at 20 and 11 uh looking to solidify uh hopeful Hopefully, uh, at this point, they should be in the in the tournament uh, in the tournament persuasion. The only question is uh, where is their seating going to be? This is pretty much the, the the key here with all the top twenty five teams. They pretty much punched the ticket at this point. Uh, the question now is where are they going to be seated at? At number twenty four, we have Butler at twenty two and nine. At number twenty three, West Virginia makes another appearance uh, just in time. Uh, in the last week of the season, they are here at twenty one and ten. Uh, they are having they had two wins in a row to end the season, including a seventy six to sixty four win at home versus number five Baylor. 
uh, the season finale. Freshman forward Oscar Tashibi, Tashibwe, excuse me, was the second team, is now the second team all Big 12, averaging 11.2 points a game and also 9.3 rebounds, which led West Virginia. He also joined the uh, all the Big 12 all newcomer team as well as the all freshman team as well. So a uh, very all-star, well, some good all-stars uh, coming out of West Virginia despite the record. I thought they would be a bubble team, uh, but with the way that they've, they've improved over the last couple of weeks, including last week in particular with the win against that top five Baylor, uh, they will actually be looking uh, at a number seven seed coming into the tournament. Oh, they also got guard Miles Bride, who joined the all-freshman team as well, uh, averaging 9.5 points per game, which is third on the team. He also had 56 total assists. And sophomore Derek Culver, I believe he's another guard as well. He got an all-conference honorable mention with 10.4 points a game and 8.6 rebounds. Let's move on to number 22. We have Houston at 23-8. and eight. At number 21, we have Illinois. Uh, they finished their last game uh, with a W, 78-76 versus number 25, Iowa. Uh, now, in that game, guard Ayo Dosunu would have 20, uh, sorry, 17 points, the leading scorer on that team. And he also had 8 rebounds and 7 assists. Uh, center Kofi Cockburn uh, would have 12 points and 8 rebounds. And guard Andres Feliz would have 11 points and 2 assists. Uh, the Fighting Illini, which is what they are called, uh, they uh, actually controlled the offensive boards 12-7. to They also had 20 assists, so they, they passed pretty well as well. And they also forced 6 steals. Illinois will finish this season 4th in, in the Big Ten. They also have a tournament of course the tournament ticket punched as well uh let's move on to number 20 uh they we have auburn here at 25 and 6 at number 19 we have ohio state they stand at 21 and 10 uh at number 18 we have wisconsin at 21 and 10 as well at number 17 we have Virginia, who was 23 and 7. The last game was a, a win, 57 to 54 versus number 15, Louisville. Uh, they are riding an eight game winning streak and they are facing a bye in the first round of the conference tourney. Uh, this team is going to be looking in there, looking to be you know, a defensive powerhouse. Uh, they don't score a whole lot of points a game, as you can see here. Uh, last time when they lost to Louisville, I believe they gave up about 80 points. So they cannot, uh, you know, they cannot keep up with somebody who's uh, who's very hot in scoring. Uh, if you can score from three, you know, they might be part Well, I'm not even going to say that they're weak to that. It's, it's just, you know, Louisville just happened to be hot that night and they just couldn't keep up. But for the majority of the season, uh, Virginia really locks teams down. They play a really heavy pressure defense, similar uh, to West Virginia. They like to cause a lot of turnovers. Uh, if you look at some of their stats, they have a lot of blocks in some of those games as well. Uh, so I, I think defensively, uh, this is a good team that can lock teams down. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, the lack of offense might might expose them deeper into the playoffs. Uh, let's move on to number 16, where we have Seton Hall. They are 21-9. and nine. Uh, We have number 15, Louisville. Uh, they are 24-7. and seven. At number 14, we have BYU. They are 24-7 and seven as well. At number 13, we have Oregon, who is 24-7. At number 12, we have Maryland, who is 24-7 as well. At number 11, we have Villanova at 24-7. and seven. And bringing up the top 10, we have Duke here at 25 and 6. At number 9, we have Michigan State at 22 and 9. At number 8, we have Kentucky at 25 and 6. Here at number 7, we have Creighton, a very interesting team. Uh, I, I, I'm leaning towards a dark horse team. I know that they're in the top 10, but I don't think people are looking at them like the way that they are Baylor or maybe even Florida State, of course, Dayton. Um, those guys, uh, well, maybe even Gonzaga. I think Dayton gets a little overlooked as well, but I'll get back to them. Uh, this is currently their highest ranking ever uh, in their school history. This is for Creighton, and uh, their win against number eight Seton Hall uh, last week helped them uh, help them clinch at least a part of the Big East title for the first time. Their next game is going to be Thursday in the Big East tournament, so look out for that. Uh, they are currently, I believe, I don't think they're a number one seed, but I believe they're one of those two seeds uh, going into the tournament. We will know by Sunday, uh, but I will be getting you guys ready throughout the week by that, by just giving you guys some projected seedings, uh, just some more extra stats about these teams as well. So we'll we'll know come Sunday. At number six, we have San Diego State, who stands at 30-2. and two. At number five, we have Baylor, who is 20 
26 and 4. At number 4, we have Florida State at 26 and 5. And here at number 3, we have Dayton, who is 29 and 2. They are riding a 20 game winning streak. Uh, but I still believe that, uh, that they're kind of getting overlooked. You don't hear too much about them on the national media. They try to uh, talk about the number 2. That being Gonzaga, who's also at 29 and 2. And also, let's talk a little bit about Kansas. We hear a lot about Kansas as well. Uh, six street, 16 straight wins for, for uh, Kansas. And I think a lot of that for Dayton is because they play in a smaller conference. I believe that's the Atlantic 10. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that in a little while. Uh, you know, and uh, but with that being said, they. They pretty much have handled every team in that conference. Uh, they pretty much win by large margins. So it is fair to say that uh, that they are on another level compared to those teams. Now, how good are they compared to the field of 64? We will find out. But I'm pretty sure uh, they. This is the type of team that can make at least a, a sweet 16 run. I don't. I don't. I don't see why not. I think they're perfectly capable of doing something like that. Uh, but now that we've wrapped up the top 10, uh, let's take a minute uh, to break down some of the top 25 action over the course of the week let's uh let's talk about how we got here now we're going to mention some of the biggest movers and shakers over the course of the week uh number one and two uh they had two relative they had easy wins to close out uh the rest of the season so not much to report there but we're going to we're going to talk about teams like michigan state uh for michigan state for example they were able to get two top 25 uh victories last week uh to solidify at least their uh, uh their well them winning uh the big 10 regular season title i believe they get a, fir a first round bye in the conference tournament as well uh again uh they got wins over penn state and also ohio state at home uh they were able to close out you also got again like i said with creighton they were able to beat uh number eight seton hall uh as far as byu goes uh they were able to do just enough to close out their regular season as well oregon uh they actually were able to get two wins against the california teams that being stanford and uh cal at home uh, and they were able to clinch out uh the pac-12 you got uh Peyton Pritchard scoring 29 points in that game, as well as, I believe, getting nine rebounds. So, again, their third straight Pac-12 title. Uh, as far uh, as the, the conference titles are concerned, uh, again, you have – you got um, – well, we'll go through all the we're gonna go through all the major all the conferences in college basketball. So let's take a just quick one down here. In the American East, you got Vermont who finished fourteen and two in conference play. In the Atlantic Sun, you got North Florida here who finished thirteen and three. Uh, you also got Houston winning the American Athletic Conference at thirteen and five. You got in the you got Kansas winning the Big Twelve with seventeen one. You got in the you got the Horizon League champs here right. State, they are 15 and 3. Uh, we have in the Atlantic 10, of course, Dayton going undefeated in conference play 18 and 0. Up next in the Big East, of course, we have a tie with Seton Hall and Creighton. Creighton got that big W, so they are able to tie. And again, like I said before, that is their first uh, Big East title since joining the conference. In the Ivy League, I believe we had a uh, Yale uh, with a conference record of 11 and 3 in the ACC, the Atlantic Coastal Conference. We have Florida State at 16 and 4. That is their first conference title as well in the Big Sky, a smaller conference here. Eastern Washington was able to win out with a 16 and 4 red record. Uh, uh, the in the Metro Atlantic, another uh, smaller conference here. Siena, uh, 15 and 5 record there. They win that comp regular season title. In the Big South, we have Radford. Uh, they finish at 15 and 3. In the Colonial League, uh, this is a again. Some again, there's a lot more uh, divisions or conferences in college basketball as a as opposed to football. Again, there's 64 teams that end up going to this tournament, so that's just the way it is. In the Colonial League, we have Hofstra with a Hofstra with a 14 and 4 record. In the Mideastern uh, Conference, we have NC, oh sorry, NC or North Carolina Central here at 13 and 3. Uh, we have in the Missouri Valley, Northern Iowa, they finished with a 14 and 4 conference record. In the Northeast, we have Merrimack, I don't know where that is, 14 and 4 in their conference. In the Mountain West, we have San Diego State, they finished with a conference record of 17 and 1. In the Ohio Valley, Belmont finish as, finishes as champ. 
15 and 3 in the conference in the Patriot League. Uh, this is where you have Army, Navy, uh, the, those two ser those two service academies, uh, some smaller uh, teams around the New York, I believe, area as well, the northeastern area. Again, uh, 14 and 4 is their conference record. In the SEC, we got Kentucky finishing at 15 and 3, another conference title for John Calipari. In the Southern uh, Conference, we have East Tennessee State coming out at coming out on top with a 16 and 2 record. Uh, we have in the Southland East Tennessee State finishing 16 and 2 in the conference in the SWAC. Uh, a conference, of course, historically known for the black colleges. Prairie A, uh, Prairie View A&M finishes with a 14-4 conference record. In the Summit League, North Dakota State wins that with a 13-3 record. Also in the Sun Belt, we have this Little Rock winning with a 15-5 record. In the West Coast Conference, of course, Gonzaga finishes on top with a 15-1 record. And then you have uh, in the Western Athletic, a.k.a. the WAC, uh, New Mexico State finishes undefeated. Now, that's surprising. 16-0 conference play. I'm pretty sure they have a ticket to be punched in the NCAA tournament as well. Uh, now, as far as the conference as far as the conference tournaments are concerned, these are just so much a formality. Uh, the the regular season pretty much decides who the conference champion is. All the people that I just named out, they are pretty much they are no they are the conference champion, and they go into the conference tournament as the one seed. A lot of cases, uh, they do get um some type of buy. Uh, but really, all this is uh, all the conference tournament is is just a more college basketball game. I'm saying more revenue, uh, because a lot of the bigger conferences, of course, they're gonna have their uh tournaments on the big you know. In the big stadiums, basketball stadiums, they're also going to be on TV. So, again, and also for teams to pretty much, you know, solidify, uh, you know, bracket spots and to maybe uh, push for one if they are currently a bubble team. Again, we'll get to all the bubble teams and what that means a little bit later on. We actually, you know, start talking about the actual tournament in the format a little bit uh, but let's talk about some of these uh, conference uh, tournaments again I'm not gonna go through all of them they're you know they're so deep and so uh, you know there's a lot of teams in these conference but let's break down uh, at least some of them uh, some of these games here uh, yesterday uh, in the conference final for the Atlantic Sun uh, you got Liberty taking out uh, Lipscomb uh, 73 to 57 was the final score Liberty Liberty came into that as the first seed of course uh, winning the conference, uh, Lipscomb was the third seed. Uh, they were able to take them out. We had some semifinals for the Southern Conference uh, with East Tennessee taking out West Carolina, 97 to 75. East Carolina is the, is the favorite at the first seed. Uh, we also have West Carolina at the fifth seed there. Uh, six seed Chattanooga was also able to was also uh, I'm sorry, six seed Chattanooga took a loss to number seven, the number seven seed Wofford, 72 to seven. Uh, not a whole lot of major conferences starting their uh, tournaments this week. Uh, you more so outside of the Big East, who's technically a big. Uh, actually, no, they haven't even started their conference tournament just yet. I think the only uh, team in the top twenty-five to start their conference tournament uh, play was. Uh, sorry, was San Diego State in the Mountain West? We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, as, and as far as San Diego State is concerned, uh, they would get off to a, a pretty decent start in the conference tournament. Uh, they were able to take out uh, Air Force 73-60 to 60 in the first round. Now with the ninth seed Air Force on top of that, 73-60, to 60, of course, San Diego State uh, winning the regular uh, regular season tournament. Uh, conference championship they would go in there as the one seed uh they would win that game pretty easily uh for san diego state guard jordan shakale would lead all lead uh lead the aztecs with 17 points uh four rebounds guard malachi flynn and ford yanni wetzel would have 16 points each uh flynn would have eight assists and seven rebounds and wetzel would have three rebounds added to that for air force aj walker will lead all scores with 18 points three assists he would also have three rebounds as well and guard Caleb uh, Morris would have 12 points and uh, four rebounds. Uh, but they would lose in the conference tournament final uh, against the two-seed Utah State, who pretty much uh, elevated their tournament uh 
their tournament position uh, with that victory. Uh, they were able to win, like I said, in the final round, uh, 59 to uh, 59 to 56. Utah State now stands uh, will finishes the season at 26 and 8. For Utah, uh, Utah State, they were led by guard Sam Merrill. He would have 27 points. He led all scores there. Uh, he would have six assists as well. And center Nehemiah's. Uh, I think it's Quaida would have 15 points, uh, eight rebounds, and two assists for San Diego State. Again, guard Malachi Flynn was was a big factor in this one uh, for them with 16 points, three assists, and two. Uh, sorry, three rebounds and two assists. And for Yanni Wetzel would just have 12 points, but he would have 13 rebounds as well. Uh, now, San Diego would have a very difficult night shooting. They would go 21 to 20, uh, 21 to, for 21 to 61 for just 34% from the field. Uh, they were also outscored 38 to 27. So that led to that uh, being outscored 38 to 27 in the second half. The first half was relatively close, but I actually believe uh, Utah State controlled the lead even then as well. Utah State would have the edge in rebounds, assists, uh, but did turn the ball over 16 times, which I believe made the game close in some way. Also, one thing you have to say is if San Diego State had a really hotter, if they had a more you know consistent night shooting, that might be a factor in them winning as well. But you do have a top 25 team going down, of course, in a conference tournament. Uh, there's more to come because they have the the major conferences are going to be starting this week. Uh, this week you had a lot of the smaller conferences like the Summit Conference. I think they wrap. They're going to wrap up at some point next week. Uh, actually, this week. Uh, you also had, like I said, the, the big south, uh, big south as well. Uh, you have the Missouri Valley uh, teams like Drake and Northern Iowa. They went at it. Actually, Drake was actually able to get an upset over Northern Iowa. I believe this was the first round of the tournament on Friday. Uh, this is the Missouri Missouri Valley Conference tournament uh, for Drake. They were led by Roman Penn in that game. He would have twenty six points. Eight assists and eight rebounds. Uh, also, Northern Illinois, uh, sorry, Northern Iowa was led by uh, guard AJ Green. He would have 19 points and three assists. So again, a lot of the smaller conferences uh, getting getting some action here. Uh, but again, uh, the bigger conferences start this week. Again, let's go over some more of the top 25 scores to kind of get you guys in the in the state of mind of what's going on. Uh, again, you got Oregon beating Cal last week. Uh, that was an easy win for them, 90 to 56. Again. Uh, those wins, those two wins against Cal and Stanford uh, pretty much wrapped up uh, the, the Pac-12 for them. I believe Colorado, actually UCLA, took an extra loss over the course of the week as well, clearing the way for them. Uh, Michigan, uh, they didn't, well, actually, they did not make the final cut for the top 25, so sorry about that, guys. Uh, number 21, uh, Houston, they took an upset over the course of the week. They were, they would lose to uh, their conference rival, Connecticut. Uh, again, that would drop them, to, I believe it was to number... Um, Mm, let's see. Number 22 is only a spot there. So uh, they're still in the mix there at number 22. Uh, what else you got? Um, yeah, you had a whole bunch of stuff going on this hell past week with all the kind. Oh, yeah. Uh, like I said, Penn's, uh, Michigan State got that big win against Penn State earlier in the week, 79 to uh, 71. Xavier Tillman, the leading scorer in that game with 23 points and 15 rebounds. Uh, for Penn State, they were led by guard Myrion Jones. Uh, for Michigan State in this game, they will shoot 53% from the field compared to uh, Penn State's just 30, 38% or 33%. So uh, it looks like Michigan State is getting hot. Uh, they've played some good defense over the, the past couple of weeks, but that offense is starting to come in. Uh, of course, Cassius Winston was in the mix. Don't get me wrong. He's still in the mix. One of the best point guards they probably had in a long time. I'm not going to say ever because, of course, Magic Johnson went there. But well, what he can do with dishing out the ball, uh, he had seven rebounds in this game. Oh, actually, seven assists in that game. Uh, actually, he also got the other guard, Rocket Watts. He had 18 points, four rebounds. I think Michigan State is a very hot team going into the tournament. Look out for them. Let's see what happens in the conference tournament. But in the NCAA, in the big time tournament, mm, they can uh, they can get hot. They out they out rebounded uh, the Bitney Lions as well, forty three to thirty five. Uh, like I said, in this game, it was a tale of two halves uh, for Michigan State. Uh, they were outscored thirty one and forty six in the first half, but they were able to roar back in the second half, uh, outscoring uh, Penn State forty eight to twenty five. So again, when they they want to get hot. They will get hot. I like I like Michigan State. I I, I haven't said it a whole lot. I mean, I did, of course, y'all know my favorite team is Oregon, but um, 
if I'm looking at a, a complete team right now, I like Michigan State. They can rebound. They can shoot somewhat from range. And they're consistent at what they do. They're consistent, most importantly, shooting anyways. Uh, they don't necessarily you know, take as many threes as probably Baylor, maybe. Uh, now, Baylor, they live and die on the three. I've seen games where they lost, uh, where they've, where they've, games where they've been close to losing, such as with Texas Tech, where they just weren't able to drop that three whenever they wanted to. It wasn't automatic. There'd be stretches where they would go cold. Michigan State, they don't shoot the three as much, but they don't necessarily go cold as much either. I like Michigan State, what they can do. They also out-rebound people as well. They're very physical. Uh, I think another good team that's physical and uh, can shoot pretty well is Kansas. Uh, they got the big boy, Azubuki, who will just body people uh, in the paint. You can get that. They can. They have more. I think they have a little bit more range than Michigan, Michigan State. So Kansas and uh, Michigan State are my two favorites that I like right now. Uh, but don't look out for Dayton. Don't don't uh, don't sleep on Dayton and, and Creighton as well. I think two dark horses. Oregon. I think Oregon is a sleeper. They are not. They're not consistent enough on the road as I would want them to be. They finished the regular season undefeated at home, which is all great because uh, for the conference tournament, they have one shot to pretty much you know get some good momentum going because. You know, that's pretty big. With the number one seed, uh, they're pretty much going to be at home. Uh, so, well, actually, no. They're not going to be at home at this point. It's neutral. So, again, it'll be important for them to to, to get some good juju going, uh, them being the first seed. they got to get some momentum away from home. You know, got to get the juices flowing. Because, again, I think that's their biggest Achilles heel. Uh, some of their biggest losses were on the road. Uh, losses that we should have actually won. That's just how we are. I don't get it. We got to be better on the road because that's what the playoffs are. So, you know, I like Oregon. Uh, there's a couple teams from the Pac-12 that I believe that are going to be in the tournament. I think that being Colorado and UCLA. All of them, same thing. They don't win on the road. Uh, it's like... Um, you know, the Pac-12 eats each other a lot. You can, you can, you know, be facing an unranked USC team, but if you're on the road, it's a trap game. You know, UCLA, they got into the tournament and they got even, they, they even got into the conference discussion, a discussion about who's going to win the championship, the conference championship, based on just them just kind of catching teams you know, not on their, their best behavior. Uh, so again, that's kind of what the Pac-12 has been. I, I'm, I, I like Oregon. There's, they, I mean, because of course they're my team. I'm gonna say that they're a sleeper right now, just from what I, just from what I see. I think another sleeper is definitely Virginia and also uh, Florida State. Two under the radar teams that people aren't talking about. For 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 Florida State, it's, it's mostly because they are under the radar. I think they bring a lot of good things to the table. They 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 actually score a pretty decent amount of points a game. I think they're close to 80. They have a good offensive rating. They're also uh, balanced as well. They have a pretty decent defensive, uh, some de defensive stats as well. Uh, so again, they might not be, you know, in terms of three, because that's where the game is going, even on the college level. They're probably not your biggest three-point threat, but they're consistent in what their field goal average is. So they're going to score points regardless. For Virginia, uh, they play awesome defense, no matter matter what same thing with West, West Virginia they can also kind of be a sleeper as well they play awesome pressure defense they may might not be able to keep up with the best scoring teams in the league maybe I mean if they're if it came down to if, if that team were to get hot but there's no way to say that Virginia wouldn't be able to clamp down on that team and wouldn't be able to allow them to score. So, again, uh, I'm going to call us a wrap for today. We went through the top 25. We went through some of the conference championship games. We went through the top uh, – well, we went through the uh, the conference championships or uh, the conference champions. So, I'm – well, at least for the regular season. So again, and that, and pretty much that's the one that counts. So we went through other conference championships. Don't worry about at least the conference champions. Don't worry about the tournaments. Don't worry about all that. Who I who I told you all the teams that I mentioned today. Those are your conference champions for this year. The tournament, like I said, is more of a formality, more of a way to solidify people's places in the tournament and a way for some teams, if they're a bubble team, to actually get in the tournament, the NCAA tournament, that is. So don't worry about the conference tournaments. Again, they're exciting. Again, they do add another layer. But again, the regular, the regular season champion 
is your conference champion. But we got through that. Uh, as far as what I wanted to do with college basketball, of course, with the tournament coming up, I wanted to talk about some projected seating. So we're going to talk about who who the experts are putting where, why. Again, we're going to bring up some more stats. So now we're focusing on the tournament. The regular season is over. Uh, there is, of course, we're going to go over some of the uh, tournament games for for reasons because again it does it does have a factor in you know people some people getting their punches you know their tickets punched or not and you know the placement of others so again it's important but just know the the, the regular season conference championship has already been determined okay the conference champion is already determined uh but like i said uh let's go through some more stats let's talk about who's who's who again in terms of the tournament field because again there's 64 teams so during the course of the week i plan of course along with the top tens don't forget i have a top 10 for you guys we have all that we have news to go for you guys of course we have the nba to talk about um speaking of which one quick story i want to go through Ah, I'll save it. I'll save it for another time. I'm. Uh, <laughs> um, this is my day off. I'm gonna get some rest and some more studying in and some chilling and some research. So I'll say that story for uh, for uh, another day. Uh, but uh, anyways, as far as college basketball is concerned, again we we breaking down the tournament. You know, I'm not gonna give you guys too many predictions. I my goal is to give you guys enough information for you to feel comfortable with doing that on your own. I'm not a psychic. I'm not Miss Cleo. I don't look into the future. Don't look for me to just guess all the I'm not guessing no one. I'm not breaking down a bracket. I'm just going to tell you who's who, why they're here, how they got here, and, you know, how how far, do, I mean, I'll, I'll guess. I'll take a guess, but I ain't predicting. I'm not predicting who's going to win the hole. That's, that's too much <laughs> for me. I don't do none of that. But, um, yeah, we're going to call it a wrap for today. If you are looking to get in touch with me, you can on my uh, email at ljbutler75 at gmail.com. That is E-L-J-B-U-T-L-E-R 75 at gmail.com. I also have a Facebook page and an Instagram as well at Johnny. That is E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. Once again, that is E-L-J-A-N-I. J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. Um, if you are, oh, I also have a Facebook page for the show as well, uh, at Never Out of Bounds. So I have some links there, uh, some content there. Uh, I do have links. I have links to my Cash App and my PayPal there. If you are looking to donate, more so it's a form for you to connect with me. Uh, more so looking for interactions. I mean, the donations are, are cool too, but... I think I'd rather have some uh, interactions as well. They're just as important. Uh, anyways, uh, thanks for uh, listening to me. Uh, if anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love. And I will holla at you guys later.